0: Hello. This is the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. My name's Kyle Bird, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Parmley, has something hey, to you. yes, and he has something to say to all of you out there in podcast land.
1: So we are announcing a fan contest. Uh, we want you, our lovely listeners, to have a chance to come on our show and record an episode with us, and you can pick the topic. So the way this works, being in contests, is you go out to Facebook or Twitter and share our latest episode, whatever that happens to be, and then you email us at kaijutransmissions at a list of topics that you think might be cool to come on and discuss with us, and then we will select a random winner uh, sometime in early February, and then we will record an episode in late February, all right? So the way this works, one more time, go on Twitter, go on Facebook, share the latest episode, and then immediately after that, email us a list of topics that you think would be fun to discuss. Got it?
0: Make sense? And yeah, you get to choose the topic you want to talk to us about, as long as it's within the, the boundaries of what we do. Uh, we want to talk to you. So share the podcast, keep listening, and uh, hopefully you keep enjoying it.
1: Cool, and... uh twitter is kt underscore podcasts facebook just look us up under kaiju transmissions in our email one last time kaiju transmissions at (whistles) gmail.com
0: Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bird. With me, as always... Is um, Matt Parmley? Yes, my co-host. And today, we have the return of a very special guest. Uh, He has worn many hats in the film industry. Uh, You may know him for years of writing for Fangoria... Uh, Also, a lot of pieces and photos from various Godzilla and uh, Kaiju movie sets, work on other movies, uh, Sushi Typhoon films, um, uh, all kinds of uh, subtitle work, and that is going to be our topic today. One of the uh, things we all rely on, unless we're native Japanese speakers, which we definitely aren't, is subtitles and how uh, they are crucial to the enjoyment of any uh, foreign movie, uh, but we probably don't think much about how they're done or what kind of work goes into subtitling or translating. So to help us with that is the man, the myth, uh, the legend. Are you a
2: legend, Norman? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Okay. And you can can remove the myth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're not a myth either. Um, There's nothing
2: mythic about it. Yes.
0: Everyone's favorite curmudgeon. Norman England is
2: with (laughs) us. That'll accept, okay. (laughs) Yes, uh, uh, my name is Norman England, and uh, I have been a guest on your show before. It was very enjoyable because I have a big mouth and I like talking ad infinitum. Um, I guess it just goes hand in hand with uh, being a writer. You know, we all seem to have things that we just want to keep going on and on about um yeah anyway so subtitling that is our subject for today so you're gonna ask me questions right
0: <laughs> yes yes we are you know norman people have asked us uh a lot of people have wondered when you were gonna come back
2: people really, really enjoyed
0: the last time you were on here uh you guys ever gonna have norman back get norman
2: back uh yeah so here i'm back and it's uh sunday morning here in tokyo which is where i live it's actually a very nice day. I should be out. Well, if I wasn't doing this, I'd just be working. So that's part of the, uh, I guess the the problem with being a freelancer like I am, is that you pretty much work when you would rather not be working. I mean, just I mean, working at home is um, one of the greatest joys of my life, and it's actually one of the things that I like about living in Japan. That. Um, Japan has offered me the the freedom that I don't have to say work in an office like what I was doing when I was living in New York, New York City, and and uh you know I don't really I rarely have to get up according to somebody else's schedule, which is something that I really like. But on the other hand, that means Saturday and Sunday are the same as uh Wednesday and a Thursday. And with today's subject being uh subtitles, we can talk about Fun stuff like deadlines, which I am on. I've got several for tomorrow, which is why I have to work all day on Sunday.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Norman, how did you get into the subtitling business?
2: Um, you know, it's it's actually something that I had never I'd never planned on, and I don't even think that. I mean, I never studied how to do it, or, I mean, I'm pretty much self-taught at, at doing subtitles, but how I got into it was, the first time I ever had seen, like, subtitles was on uh, Shusuke Kaneko's Godzilla film, and the movie, this was back in 2001, and the movie had been finished. And somebody subtitled it, and then Kaneko asked me to double-check the s- subtitles. So some people at Toho, they sent me a file list with all the subs. So I read through it, and I guess I rewrote about a third of them, um, which is something I wouldn't do today. Because I, I get that sometimes. I get people who don't know how to subtitle double checking my subtitles and really nothing pisses me off more than that but at the time i had no idea what what the process is uh the process was of of making subtitles so i kind of just rewrote these and then i i saw the film at the uh, oh then yeah toho wrote me back and they said thank you very much um we're going to accept some of these changes some some we can't and i'm like okay fine i just did it as a favor to kaneko and then i Saw it at the Tokyo International Film Festival, and I was like, "Oh yeah, wow, that's kind of cool." They, some of the the dialogue, especially on um, uh, Amamoto Hideo on on his lines when he's he's talking about uh, what, when uh, Chiharu was shooting him from the pocket camera. You know that what I'm talking mm-hmm. about when she had her yeah. in her pocket yeah. in, in the prison. I was really happy that I got to adjust those and make them a little sharper. And uh, then that was it until Stan Hyde invited uh, Kaneko and me to some kind of thing he was doing. So Kaneko and I were invited to Vancouver, where they were showing Death Note and my first film, The Idol, together. Um, Stan Hyde was very kind. He flew us out there, put us up in a nice hotel. And then by coincidence, when we were there, they were doing the... uh, overdubbing of the death note of death note one for the the um i guess north american release of it so we went to the studio one day and watched them doing the kind of the recording voice voice over recording i got there and they're like oh because i you know i have that little death scene in death note one and they're like oh we uh, we just did your death scene yesterday i like I don't even say anything. So it must have just been grunting or something like that. <laughs> anyway, that was with Viz, the San Francisco company. And I guess they were using some, they use a, a company in Vancouver. I don't know all the details. I don't know the name of the company or anything like that. And then they, um, uh, then I, but then I became friendly with some of the people at Viz. And then when they released Death Note 2, they asked me to double check the subtitles. So they sent me the file and it was like really eye opening because I looked at the subs just on a blank piece of paper and it was like, hey, what? You over there? You know, I mean, just like these like abstract, like on paper, like when you read a book, you you read a book and the, the book fills in all the blanks. And it was my first time really to realize to see like subtitles separated from the picture and that they almost make no sense on their own without. You know, without the 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 moving picture on them, and that they, it's really it's a it's a type of writing that you know works together with the image on the screen. So that was kind of like, oh, okay, oh, I see that now. Uh, Maybe I'm just slow is why I didn't really realize it. But that was like it was kind of an eye-opening experience for me. But still, I I, I read them over. I think I made a couple suggestions, and then that was that. And then I guess. When I did my first movie, other than The Idol, I subtitled The Idol on my own because that was my own film. And, but that doesn't really count. And then, I guess, around 2008, I had uh, become friendly with uh, this director, Nishimura. And he had just done a film called Frankenstein, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. Have that you guys movie, seen
0: that? Uh, yeah, I have the Blu-ray. It's wild. Yeah, I,
2: no, I really like the yeah, film. Yeah, it's
0: it's a it's a fun movie.
2: So I was on the set for that, doing a Fangoria piece, and then Nishimura called me when they were done editing. He said, "I want you to subtitle my movie," and I said, "What? Like wh- wh- Why me? I, mean, I don't know anything about subtitling, So just su- subtitle my movie. I'm like, "Oh, that's just kind of how he is." So I said, sure, okay. And then I think that was King Records was releasing it. So then they sent me the film and I got a Japanese friend. I, I usually work with a partner when I'm subtitling stuff, not all the time, but I have a couple partners that I work with. Um, and I feel the reason that I for using a partner is it's good. Even though I've been living in Japan a long time and I think I get the culture and everything like that, there's still things that I, of course, I'm going to miss and, and, and nuance things. And I don't want to take that risk because I everything I do, I take kind of seriously. So, I, you know, it, it'd be like, well, I'll, I'll explain later. But in any case, so he sends me this, the Vampire Girl film and me and my friend work on it and we subtitle it. And the movie really didn't have any kind of budget. So Nishimura was putting in the subs himself on uh, Final Cut at his studio. And then he called me up. He said, I finished it. And So he sent me. He burnt me a DVD. He sent it to me. And I got it. I looked at it. I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. Like the the breaks, the some of the lines were too long. There were all these long gaps. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? This is no good. So I called him up and I said, oh, you know, this has to be recut you know the the timing on the sub has to be redone i don't know what's going on but it's just i'm not feeling it so i went over to a studio and we must have spent like eight or ten hours like cutting things up and and making it more in line with you know with the japanese it's not just a matter of having like these words splash on the screen and then hang on there for like, you know, 10 seconds and sure, you're getting the information, but, you know, you read quicker than you hear, you know, quicker than words can be spoken. So, you know, it's really important that subtitles try to mimic the pace of the language this way the non-native um, speaker can. And that's always my goal with subtitles is the non-native speaker can have as close a, a, an experience to, say, a native Japanese speaker. So we we recut the film, it looked so much better. The the you know after we had done that, it's like, oh wow, you know, I I learned let me say I learned a lot on that. And and that seemed to go well. And Nishimura like gave me a lot of freedom on that. Um, you know, and and again with the subtitles, sometimes you don't get a lot of freedom from companies. Um, in the case of Nishimura stuff, he always lets me do what I want. And, um, uh, another guy, um, Iguchi, uh, Iguchi, I've subtitled a bunch of his films and he also gives me a lot of freedom. Yeah. So that's anyway, that's how I kind of started. So I got, I got the, the Nishimoto job and then slowly, um, other people started finding out that I do subtitles and sometimes the directors could request other times, It's up to the company. And then through, like you had mentioned before, the Sushi Typhoon things are like my first slew of, uh, say, professional subtitling. So Did you do Cold Fish? I did not do Cold Fish. I got into Sushi Typhoon right after Cold Fish had been subtitled. Um, Who's the guy who did that? It's kind of like a well-known subtitle Uh, guy did that. Okay. And, um... Yeah, then after that, I, I got in with, you know, the people at Nikatsu. They gave me, what did I do on that? I did Zaboga, I did he- Hell Driver, and I did the Mutant Girl Squad. Mm, okay. okay. That yeah. And that was actually not really, it, it was released by Sushi Typhoon, but it was Toei Video did that. So that was not, like, budgeted by Nikatsu. And that was actually, this is an interesting thing. I got that movie, Mutant Girl Squad, has three directors on that. So it's Nishimura Iguchi and Sakuguchi Tak.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, and Nishimura wanted me to do the subtitles. And the other directors were like, sure, okay. So then they premiered that at, what is it, the New York? Uh, Asian Film Festival, I I forgot the name of it. They premiered it in New York and Iguchi was there and he came back and he said, Norman, I want you to subtitle all my movies. People were laughing, not at the movie, they were laughing at the subtitles. I was like, sounds good. And um, I've subtitled just about everything he's released since then. So, anyway, I mean, that's kind of how it was. I mean, you know, you build up a reputation and, you know, working with other companies. keeping the deadline, um, having an understanding of, you know, the whole process of subtitling, which, you know, it, it took me a while to figure out. I mean, I still cringe when I look at older subtitles, but I mean, that's always, I talk to other subtitlists, and they always say the same thing, like, Oh, I hate reading my old subs. Cause you always, you know, it, it's really, you know, like no two people write the same subtitle. You know, and yeah. unless I mean, unless it's something just like "Good Morning" or, you know, what I mean, something basic like that, it's always going to be something like you know "Ohio, was I Am Us." You know, it's, yeah, it's going to yeah. translate. But I, it, even I, in that uh, case, I mean, it, it depends on how a person's saying something, you know, or if they're British, they might be like "Top of the Morning."
0: You know, yeah, I noticed like it. Like, that. um, I think some of the some of the uh, Criterion Kurosawa releases, like I have some of those DVDs, and like that you. There's like different subtitle translations, like different tracks you can pick. And like, you know, if I watch one, like you can toggle between the two. And yeah, sometimes they're really? just so different. Yeah. Like they're like, yeah, a, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's
2: there you go, you know? Yeah. Like and. I think it,
0: I think Throne of Blood is one, but one of them is like it has the original translation from when they released it on Laserdisc or whatever. And then there's like a, a new translation by this other person. And yeah, sometimes they're completely different.
2: Yeah, I have one disc that's like that. Um, I got the Godzilla eighty five uh, Blu Ray, and they said like brand new translation. And man, those are the worst subtitles. I mean, they're full of grammatical errors. That <laughs> um, I, I mean, I went on a rampage on Facebook over those. And I, I mean, I'm you know I uh, you know I don't like to. Bash other people's work, you know, because I know, I mean, I've may i I've made mistakes on subtitles, um, like small grammatical errors or spelling errors. Um, you know, I mean, nobody makes, you know, I, I don't, it, it's difficult to make like completely 100% perfect subtitles. I mean, it doesn't even exist because, you know, you're translating something. But um, those were like, the, I mean, th- that was beyond... You know, beyond anything I've ever seen, and I I don't know what the story behind them was, but I mean, but also you you know that uh, you know all those Godzilla Blu-rays in the U.S. are like filled with um, errors, like up and down the line. I mean, you know what, what was I watching? I was watching um, the the uh, Mechagodzilla one, and they spell or no yeah yeah Mechagodzilla they spell Kawakita's name wrong. Yeah, in the, in the credits, in the- yeah. But in this, they, it's like they say uh, Oryoka Sano is the name of the girl and the, the woman in, in it. But it's, her name is not Oryoka, it's Oryoko. So how can you get the actor names wrong? You know, I mean, that's, and that's like... And, that, and here, I'm probably going to jump around, but for example, when I do a subtitle set, it's always, you know, we have to translate at the ending the... Um, the actor names, usually you get, you know, you'll see a lot of credits, but you won't see them all translated, but they'll always translate the actors, the main actors, then the writer, sometimes, and always the director. Um, and I it, always, I don't touch that, you know, I don't want to take, you, you know, you, you, I leave that up to the company. Um, the The company has to check what with the say the talent agency what's the romanization of the actor's name because sometimes the actors do little cute things with their names you know instead of saying like uh ko at the end they might do co at the ending and just to make them seem a little different or something like that so um i always if i ever have to do something like that i always tell my client you double check, and I don't take responsibility for actor names. So, really, in a case like that, I don't know how that happened on that disc, but that was really that—that that has to be the responsibility of Toho. Oh yeah. You know, um, you know. So I—I I find that very uh, bizarre. But anyway, like I was saying, that was the only disc I'd ever seen that had a double set of subtitles. So. Maybe in the future, someone will be resubbing stuff I've done, and I probably wouldn't care that much because, um, like I said, you know, different person. I, I, I do lecturing in subtitles, and I always talk about that, that, you know, subtitles change depending on who's, who's doing them. So you know, when that's, uh,
0: yeah. So when you Please. do. Um... When you do subtitles, or I guess when anyone does subtitles, are there any general basic rules that you like to stick to? Uh, I mean, how strict are they? Um, Like, what exactly are things that you think just, like, absolutely need to be done when anyone does any subtitling?
2: Okay, well, it's kind of... there. Yeah, there are rules, and, of course, rules can be broken. But, I mean, the general rule is um, two lines... Uh, with 40 characters on each line. And sometimes I might go up to 42 on a single line so I don't have to break break the line because it's easier to read a single line. Um,
0: well, that's good because sometimes I'll be watching something and there'll be like a paragraph of text and then you yeah, have to like like that's, pause that's it. Fans,
2: that's got to be fan subs. Yeah, it, it does happen a lot
1: with fan subs. I've seen yeah, a couple movies, though, that have had actually one of the criterion releases that I saw had like a paragraph where I literally had to pause it and read through it's like what, what the hell just happened. Yes.
2: Yeah, so, something like that. I mean, uh, if I even suggested doing that to a company, they would like never give me work again. So I don't know what this, the deal with that is, but um, yeah, it actually reminds me back in New York, I was going out with a Taiwanese woman and she said, uh, come over my place and we're going to watch some Chinese films. And it was like they had they had like whatever Taiwanese, Cantonese and English. And it was like you couldn't even see the picture because. Yeah, I've seen that.
0: <laughs> yeah, when, when, when oh it's subtitled in multiple languages, uh, uh. like at the same time.
2: Right, right, right. This was on VHS, I mean, back in the... Oh, man, yeah. It was hysterical, you know, like, we're not just reading, you know, we're not watching something. (laughs) Um, And the other thing is generally that one second of screen time is uh, 12 characters. So that's something that I try to be really... um, Because, like, let me say this, like, the, the greatest crime is that someone is unable to finish a subtitle before it, you know, gets taken off the screen. I think that, that pisses me yeah. off. We've all been so, there. Yeah. No. I, I mean, of course, you know, you get an itch and you look down and you look back up and you're like, "What? I missed it." You know, something like that. That's not the fault of the film. You know, but you have to also assume that people aren't always paying 100% attention. They might be blinking or, you know, something distracts them for a moment. You know, so I always try to be a little conservative um, to try to make my subs, how can I say, as concise and, and short as possible. You know, and it takes a lot of rewriting and rewriting and rewriting to, you know, I mean, I do you know especially like sometimes i do yakuza stuff and i just did a new tv show that's coming out i don't think i can really talk about it now but it's kind of a yakuza based thing and i mean these guys i mean they for one thing they speak in a compressed kind of japanese um they hardly use any particles so their speech is really quick and i'm looking at all these kind of concepts in the japanese and i have to kind of figure out like it'd be like someone saying like hey why don't you get your freaking ass over here you know and it's like okay what how am i going to do this and i've got you know like get over here you know get your ass over here you know and get these kind of like say and sit down let's say he adds that get your ass here and sit down uh, or, you know, and try to get these three ideas into one s- uh, subtitle in a second and a half. You know, it, it's, it's impossible to do. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to write a paragraph on the screen because no one would be able to finish it. And if they don't finish it, they get annoyed and then they hate the movie. And they might, they'll hate the, if, so, if a, an audience member hates the movie because of the subtitles, you have totally failed as a subtitle writer, you know, you haven't done your job. Uh, I had mentioned before that sometimes rules can be broken. And I mean, some, some words are easier to read than other words. So if they're like kind of easy to read words, then you might be able to get away with a little bit more. Um, How do you
1: handle a situation where, um, like, as an example, um, we actually just... Uh, Watch Love and Peace, and there was, a, there was a scene in that movie where, um, like, there's music playing in the background, the character's talking, but they're subtitling both some of the song lyrics for some reason, or maybe, like, a newscast in the background, but the characters are also talking, and the newscast might have something going on that's relevant to what the characters are talking about. Like, how do you handle those kind of dual, situa- you know, dual situations where you have to subtitle both things at the same time?
2: You know, well, that doesn't actually... Fortunately, that doesn't happen a lot. Um, I mean, that's happened to me, but I actually I'm, I'm doing a, I'm subtitling a film right now that is completely knee-deep in that. It's, it's a movie called Sunny 32, um, and it is uh, this director, Shiraishi, he did um, his first big film was um, The Devil's Path. I don't know if you've seen that a Nikatsu film. So this movie deals with internet culture and Nichon culture. So people are doing things, and they're while they're doing things that are being thrown up on to the internet, mm-hmm. and then like the whatever the people on the internet are typing those little like comments on mm-hmm. things. The so stuff is flashing by on the screen while the characters are talking so and it's really like so what I did was I mean I'm in the process of subtitling this now I did my first pass on it and I sent it to the company and I put red lines on all the times where it's just impossible to translate all this stuff and I just said you guys make a decision and tell me what you want me to do you know it's really up to them you know what they want to what they want to have how they want to promote the film you know you know it's not like i come in and i, I have got like complete creative control especially on like bigger studio movies so you know really like in a situation like this i would rather the client tell me how they want me to handle it if they say what do you think then i'll tell them what i think but on a on a decision like this where i'm yes, I am the translator, I'm the guy who gets my name on the, the film, but really, um, I want them, the producers, and usually even more than the director, the producers have to make some sort of decision on how they want those kind of difficult passages um, put. For example, I did a... Nishimura is like the um, subtitle Maniac, and it might have been Vampire Girls. One of those things where he was like, he had like, he, I think it was the Vampire Girl film, and there were like those gang ganguro girls, the the blackface girls. Yeah. And I think that's the film, they, they show their, his, their door to where they hang out, and he's got all these messages on the door. So he like made me put translations under it, like every message, you know, every note on the door. And it was like on the screen for like, maybe two seconds. It's like, you can't even read any of these, but he's like, do it. Okay, fine. I'll do it. That's what you want me to do. I think it's nuts, but you know, like, and I, yeah, actually I just did a film where they have, um, a song going on in the background and, uh, a high school, junior high school kids are graduating. So <clears throat> I had subtitled. I sent it to the co- company with both of them. So I'm doing this film and they've got music and, you know, lyrics and uh, kids getting their diplomas and stuff. And I made the decision to stop the lyrics and focus in on the, uh, the diploma because the lyrics had already been on previously. And I, and I'm really against having multiple, multiple things at the same time. I mean, the, the, what was it? The, uh, uh, Sono Shion film, he just said it was love and peace, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, Sono is he just likes to do weird things and he likes to like uh, kind of oversaturate the audience. And and it, let me, you know, I don't know who did the subtitles, it might have been my friend Don, he does a lot of Sono's films. Um, but those are all like headache points and and really. I mean, in my case, I ask the company, how do you want me to handle it? And usually, um, I guess, talking about subtitles, I mean, a lot of times I'm hired by spotting houses. Like the company will hire a subtitle company. And the subtitle company generally does not have any um, native English speakers. So they hire people like me. There's like a, a sm- very small community of us in in Tokyo that does freelance subtitling, and they they will give us usually the motion pictures because the motion pictures are the ones that are um, have the most chance to make it abroad. Um, sometimes a lot of like smaller films or smaller things they give to um, non-native translators. That's when you see really weird. English translations, but generally for the studios, they're going to hire hire native people. Uh, so they do all the spotting. And if you know, do, you understand what I mean when I say spotting?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Okay. Spotting is timing. Okay. Like a spotting list, yeah. you get it. You, usually, I, I like to work in Excel. So you got a spotting list, which will have your time code, like in and out, um, and then how long each subtitle is. And then it'll have. The, the spotting—they've already watched the film and they've written all the, the Japanese dialogue out, and they leave a space where the English goes. So then, that
1: makes sense.
2: Yeah. So that that's called that's like a spotting list. So I hate doing spotting. There are companies where the like the people they don't even speak English. They work at subtitling companies, but but that's their their um, contribution to the subtitles is they do the the kind of grunt work of the spotting list. And then it's up to me to fill it in, you know, watch the movie, fill it in. And then they, you know, then I'll submit that to them. Then they'll double check it, spell check it. Um, and then the company will check it. You know, I get feedback and blah, 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 blah. You keep on going back and forth until you've you finished something, you know, finish something off. But um,
1: You, you, kind, you know, kind of answered thought, a lot yeah. of this. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> you, you kind of answer my ne- my next question, but good subs versus what? versus bad subs. What would you say the difference? I mean, what makes good subs? What makes terrible subs? You've answered some of that in in some of your previous answers, but like what um what defines a good subtitled film versus a terrible subtitled film?
2: Okay. Well, I mean, it's just like what what is like good writing versus bad writing? You know, like. I don't want to name names, but I was watching a film and what they had, like, the word that three times in the subtitle, you know? So it was like, you think that that is what that is, but that is what, you know, it was like, like, uh, one of my most hated words is that. It's a very difficult (laughs) word to use correctly, you know, because it's like you look at it with it in and it looks fine and you look at it with it out. And it looks fine, you know. And it, it's really like, yeah, doing subtitles is really about um, getting rid of useless words. If you know, if you yeah. can understand what. I- and one of the things that, like, I also, like, I think I said before, I, I do lecturing on subtitles and uh, kind of like pseudo teaching on it. So I look at like some of the students' subtitles. And, the, like, Japanese, like any language, has its own peculiarities to it. And one of the things, Japanese like to start sentences with but. Because, um, you know, Japanese is, like, <coughs> considered a very polite language. And so they... Um, it's like if you go to a hotel, and you go to to book a room, they'll always go, and would you like... Or a, a restaurant, you know, it's like our kind of our polite way of talking is putting the word and at the beginning of sentences, you know. And would you like breakfast with that? And would you like this with that? You know, this is, that's kind of a, like our polite way. And Japanese has a lot of these kind of meaningless um, kind of buffer words. I, I, I don't know how to put it. So a lot of like amateur subtitles will, tr- will translate that. So you'll see things like, and even like uh, sound words, like, "um uh, uh, you know, I, when I started subtitling, I was subtitling those. Now I don't do it because it doesn't, it doesn't, when I watch subs that I haven't subtitled, I don't respond to those kinds of things. And it keeps me away from the meat of the subtitle, you know, mm-hmm. so really a good subtitle is a very concise and precise subtitle. Not with these kind of like, uh, well, you know, dot, 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 I was going to do it yesterday. You know, I mean, that's what the actor is doing, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like you're trying, you're trying to reproduce, you know, unless, of course, it's like the point.
0: Right, if there's there a scene where someone is feeling awkward or something, it would make more sense to, to do
2: that. Yeah, yeah, if it's the point then it's fine, but usually, I mean, uh, the audience, you have to respect the audience is also watching the actors. You know, what they're trying to get from the subtitles is the meaning of the words. You know, and they but they uh, but they really are there to to watch a movie. They're not there to read subtitles. You know, like the best subtitles are subtitles you don't notice. You know, like invisible subtitles, which is impossible, but I mean it's always like um you know for me it's like m- m- i feel i've done a successful subtitle when people you know are able to watch the film more than they're reading the subtitles you know the subtitles you you don't want to draw attention to yourself you know by them so you know so really it's like yeah you know, i mean it's it, you know it just comes like syntax you know, the kind of syntax you're using in the sentence to make sure that the sentence flows in a very natural way. Of course, unless it's trying to do that on purpose, you know, you're, you are trying to be as close to, you know, the original language as possible. So um, yeah, yeah, So what do you do Does when you... you <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what, what do you do when you run into something that um, is just really... Sp- culturally specific or culturally grounded whether it's a joke or or something like that that um is just like a cultural discrepancy um like I for example I remember when when we talked about on uh when you were on the show last you were talking about how you wanted to name the frog creature in Yakuza Apocalypse uh Frogger and you know Mike wanted to stick with the Japanese word um things like that when there's something that's specific to Japanese culture, something that might not translate well to, to American audiences. What do you do in a situation like that to make it a little bit more digestible for foreigners?
2: Well, you know, you know that's kind of like a, a double-edged sword, I guess. I mean, you want to you wanna make it, I also call them like cultural translations. You want to make, you know, I want to make the uh, foreign audience you know feel comfortable with the subtitles like not hit them over the head with a bunch of um, concepts you know cultural concepts that they just you know don't you know won't understand and especially when i'm doing genre films i mean the audience there is not there to necessarily experience japanese culture they're there to see a wacky film you know, they're there to see something completely different. And they're not there to be educated in the ways of the Japanese. So, but on the other hand, you don't want to lose the, the flavor. You know, the, the, the kind of unique personality that by every culture has their own unique personality. So, you know, I, I try to find a balance between the two. Um, for example, here's something that I did way back on... Um, the mutant girl squad was there's a scene, um, Tak Sakaguchi has been turned into some sort of weird creature and he's killing all these police guys and he starts singing some sort of song. And, um, uh, I had no idea what it was. And my translator was like, Oh, you know, this is a, uh, a detergent commercial from the seventies. And, uh, so I was like, Oh really? So, I can't. I mean, this is like years ago. But what I did on that was, um, I what is it? I was like, like you try scrubbing it off, you try washing it off, and still you get ring around the collar. That's what I used. So even though it was completely different, I felt that culturally it was like identical. If you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying, I use the the old. Are you guys old enough to know ring-around-the-collar commercials? Nah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, these are, like, commercials from the, the 70s when they would pour, like... They would show a woman pouring detergent onto the neck collar to get the kind of stain from the businessman, the husband's, you know. And it was about a uh, detergent that would get rid of ring-around-the-collar. So, anyway, I fit the ring-around-the-collar... the, the collar words directly and it, it matched up perfect, perfectly and I felt that that was a good translation even though it wasn't what they were saying it was the same idea you know the, the heart was the same you know and, and yeah so that's uh, that's a situation where I felt it was more important for the audience to um, the older members of the audience to relate to what was going on
0: that reminds me, uh, I haven't seen it much, but I've seen sometimes they'll have a subtitle where, like, um, they'll, they'll bring up, I don't know, I, the, a situa- I'm just going to go off something that I'm just going to make up in my head. Say there's, like, people by a lake and it's, someone says, watch out, a kappa could get you, like, a subtitle would show up, like, on top of the screen that says, like, a kappa is a this, this, this. Is that something that you would just completely frown upon? Oh, uh, yeah,
2: I would not do that. Or, we, would or not, would, I, in a
0: situation like that, would you try to find maybe a... What, like, in, just change the word kappa to, like, river monster or something.
2: Well, that I wouldn't do either. Actually, I just subtitled a uh, yokai film, which I don't think has come out yet. Um, Amemi Keita wrote the script. You right, know yeah, him, I saw the
0: trailer, yes. It. the yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I know
2: what you're uh, talking about. It's called Roku Roku. Yeah, yeah. Or... Which was a, I had a big, and I do a lot of, I have to re-title films now and then. And that was one I had, a not a fight. I didn't have a fight. I don't fight with anybody, um, except for fans. Um, <laughs> I, um, no, with a company, I was like, really, it's like, like the hardest words for foreigners to say, the hardest sound to make is the R-O-R-A, you know, R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A which foreigners will always say ra ri ru re ro which isn't any fault of their own because it's written as an R. You know, it's been decided as the romanization of those sounds, but it really isn't an R sound. It's more like something in between an L and a D. So I said, you do realize with calling the thing roku-roku is going to come out as roku-roku, which is like completely different. And the company was like, well, we double checked with, uh, Amamia and that's what he wants. Okay, fine. That, I mean, like I said, I have to defer final judgment to the client on that one, but that film, yeah, it did actually offer me a lot of, uh, how can I say contemplation on how to deal with the, uh, yokai names. Like they, they wanted to translate the names and, the uh, Jesus, what's the name of the yokai—the woman with the 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 long neck?
0: I think it's Roku Rokubi, or it's something like that. Um, uh, yeah.
2: Anyway, they wanted me to write something like the long neck woman, and I was like, I'm not writing a long neck woman because okay, it is, it is
0: it is Roku Rokubi. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they wanted me to write the long neck woman, and I really, you know, I I didn't feel that that. I felt that was almost like a laughable translation. In Japanese, it's not laughable, but in English, it looks really kind of stupid, you know? So in other things like kappa in this, I kept it as kappa because the the point of the film, I felt in this situation, I felt the point of the film was the yokai. And I didn't want to like dumb it down for the audience, you know, and say, like you said, hey, it's a river river creature or something like Mm -hmm. that. You know, let's let's you use them by their original names, because I would feel I felt like anyone who was coming to see the film knew what they you know they were coming for, and if it you know if it had been like Americanized, you know they might get pissed at the film, which is actually a discussion I had with the company, you know because we had to sit down and figure out what are we going to do about these these creature names, and I felt it, and I I said it was just like calling you know. Uh, like a kaiju names, like you know Rodan. We're not going to change Rodan to big flying pterodactyl. <laughs> you know, That's like crazy, it, it's it, it's the unique unique name to it. In a in a case like say the Rokuroku Roku movie, that you know I I made them understand that we've got to keep the original Japanese names, and they were fine with that. In the ending, everybody was happy. But in another case, um, let's say it was just. Let's say it's just some kind of weird film and a kappa appears momentarily or maybe the, one, of the, one of the characters is like, oh, you know, I thought you were a kappa, just something in passing. In that situation, I might say, oh, I thought you were some kind of a monster.
0: Mm. Okay.
2: That makes make sense. You know, so like I said, it, a lot of these things, it depends on the film. It also depends on who, who's going to be the, the, the audience for the film. Somebody online complained about my subtitles on the mutant girl squad film because that had some kind of reference to like old freak shows or something like that, and they they like like uh, bird like you had just said they said that it would it, it was a marvelous opportunity to to educate foreigners about mm, this yep. and have text appear on screen and it's like. Like, sure, whatever, you know, I was looking at a post someone had written about it, um, and I think that they were just it was more about them trying to brag on the post that they knew this right, yeah, you know, tidbit of information, and I mean, nobody would have ever been able to finish some a subtitle like that, and it would have completely pulled them out of the movie, you know and and for me, it's always about protecting the movie going experience.
0: Yeah, because I see how some people might say, like, oh, it'd be fun to learn about that, but, yeah, if you're reading a subtitle that's telling you, it like, kind of like a, a footnote in a book, you know, you're, you're, it's gonna unplug your brain from whatever you were watching first, at least momentarily, and, yeah, that's probably not what you would want.
1: That's better for, like, a commentary, if anything. Right, Honestly, yeah. That, that would be better. Um... So next question would be, you know, we, we watch enough Japanese subtitles movies. We picked up on, we pick up on, you know, some words, a lot of times swear words. Um, so as an example, I'm watching the uh, Alter Q uh, series right now and they keep translating different swear words and they come up and they keep saying like, Oh my God, or Oh God, which I know isn't what's being said there. And actually in Norman, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that, the, that, that, Japanese would even really say that, as far as I'm aware. Um, But how come when you see a Japanese word, you may not see it translated um, like a one-word phrase. When you read the subtitle, it's going to be translated different times by different people.
2: Well, yeah, I try to avoid, because Japan is basically like it's like an atheistic nation. I mean, the the Japanese are the most um, irreligious people. Is that a word? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, the, that I've ever met. And um, sure, they've got like Shintoism and there's Buddhism here, but it, it's really like it reminds me like back in New York Christmas time and my Jewish friends have Christmas trees. You know, it's just like the religion is just something that they do, so they don't have like. I mean, I'm not religious at all but I'll still say oh I've been saying it on this podcast like twice like oh jesus christ you know things like this and they're not really it doesn't to me it doesn't have anything to do with you know religion but it's it's more like a, a cultural re- reaction to something so I but in that case I try to sometimes in Japanese, the Japanese the like the word for god in Japanese is kami kami san kamisama so um Sometimes the Japanese will say they will actually make references to kami-sama in the way we would say oh god, please don't let my mother walk in the door right now or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, they do do that. If I see the Japanese doing that in a subtitle, then I will do the god thing. But I generally try to stay away from that. this phrase, um, oh my god. Japanese love That phrase. So you see it a lot in subtitles that are written by um, Japanese translators because they think, and we do say it a lot, you know, I mean, we say it in the US a lot, oh my God, oh my God, but it's a phrase I try to avoid. But actually, this reminds me um, certain words, you might recognize the word and you might get confused by why is this word translated different. I can't think of an English example, but there's like a word like "otskari deshita which is a phrase used when you finish the workday. Back when I was on the Godzilla set, when I was starting to go to Japanese movie sets regularly, and then when the staff became comfortable with me being there every single day, then they would start asking me questions about English and stuff. And at the end of the workday, when you leave the studio, everyone's like "otskari samadeshita, otskari samadesh, They're all saying this phrase, which is and they're like. And it really means, um, it's, it kind of means like a literal translation. is like, thanks for the effort. Um, but it could be anything. It could be good job. Um, and they asked me, I remember, I think it was Kamiya on GMK. He asked me, what does that mean in English? How to say that in English? And I just said, it just said, means see you. Because that's really, you know, um, what we would say at the end of the workday to each other. See you, see you tomorrow. And the Japanese are just saying their own version of it. They're not really thinking about, oh, I am saying, <laughs> like, it's like when you say good morning, you're not thinking about it could be a, a, you know, a terrible day outside, you know, rainy, thunder, whatever, and you're still saying good morning. It's just, it's just an established phrase. It doesn't really have any deeper meaning. So it's really like when you do, when I do translations, I have to look at the context of it. I have to look at how they're, you know how they're speaking to each other, and then I make a determination, you know based on my own experience living in America for the first thirty five years of my life, you know what would i s what would we say in the same exact situation you know the same thing, and then match up match up the phrase it might be it might change, so it might be even the same word, and I have the company ask me sometimes so like well, you translated this like this before why are you changing it here am i i'm changing it here because the situation is different you know and in japanese you, you you use the same word but in english you would use a different word so i i can understand how that could be confusing for people that don't really under they don't really get that and they might think oh my god this translation is no good and i think i thought that like 20 years ago, myself, when I was like proud of myself for recognizing a couple words here and there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like sometimes you'll hear like uh, a swear word or what you perceive as a swear word, and you're like, "Huh?" They translated that as. Sometimes it'll come out as "damn," and then sometimes it'll be "darn," and I can't tell if it's because it's a kid show versus a non-kitty show, or like if it's, I don't know if, if that makes a difference or not. If there's a, well, it does
2: make a there. difference, and that's the thing I ask. You know, right away when I see Yakuza, I ask, can I curse? Like, I I did this TV show with Yakuza on it, and it's kind of a cute show. I mean, it's not, like, a really, like, violent thing. Um, And they said no, which actually made it more difficult for me. So I had to use a lot of, like, damn and, you know, know, what the hell type of stuff. You know, so... um, Matt, I guess like you had said, that it might be... Sometimes the case might be that, oh, you know, they don't want to have, like, really hardcore cursing. You know, if I do a Miike film and it's got Yakuza guys, then of course I'm going to be like, you know, every word under the sun is available to me. You know, and again, in that situation too, Japanese is not... doesn't have... uh how can i say the the same amount of like abusive terms that we have in english so you know that is really up to the uh, the person who subtitles
1: yeah i was going to say you can translate i mean from what from what i understand and you, and again i'm asking you here you can essentially translate this like the, the damn and darn is essentially the same word in japanese is that correct it would be, it would depend on like, context,
2: right? Yeah, I I mean, I'd have to see it. I don't, yeah, I have, because there isn't really, like, I mean, darn, I mean, it could be, like, they have a word you might hear, chikusho. Yeah, exactly. And and chikusho can be, and again, it depends on how you're saying it, who you're saying it to. Yeah, so it could be, like, you know, damn. It could be shit. You know? Um, They do other things in Japanese, like, they'll just make kind of Sounds and the sound carries the 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 kind of the emotion.
1: Yeah, you going know? back to, to Alter Q for a minute, they were translating those words like um, the, the the chick show, and I'm saying that terribly wrong. But they, they were saying they were translating that as "oh my god" very often in the in the subtitles, which is you know whatever. But that that's yeah. What
2: I, I mean, like I said, I don't want to rank on other people's subtitles. Um, I mean, I might. Disagree sometimes with things, but I mean, I now that I've become more sensitive to subtitling process, I try to um, respect other people's work. You know, um, if I can talk about that for 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 example, like I did a film, and I'm going to name names on this one actually because it, it really pissed me off. Um, I subtitled that film. Mei Kurage, the Jellyfish Eye film.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was a mess of a movie to be- begin with. Um, and the director, Murakami, the, you know, the artist guy, I mean, he hired Nishimura to produce the film. And, um, you know, and the Nishimura's company hired me to do the subtitles. So I did the subtitles. Um... I don't know who did the spotting. It was just like I got the dialogue and and spotted really horribly. And then I translated it. And I had to do it a couple times because they kept on re-editing the film. And then... Have you seen the film? You know what I'm talking about? I actually haven't seen that one yet.
1: Yeah, neither have I.
2: Okay. um, I actually liked... I liked it before they put all the CG characters in. And, uh, you know, Taguchi. Right. You know, he, yeah. he, he, did the, he did the ending creature, and it was really good. And then they replaced it with this CG monstrosity. What did I see? I, I, I bumped into Taguchi one day after that. After that, I had finished on that. And he was like, "Oh, I know Murakami hates me. Like, I mean, there's a lot of animosity going on between this guy who's not really a director, you know, trying to direct a film. So, I mean, I wasn't on the set, so I don't know. But in any case, so then, so I send in my subtitles and then I get back corrections on my subtitles. And it was, they had some native English speaker guy at their office who went through my subs and made all these, like, corrections. You know, and honestly speaking, some of them were good suggestions. I'm always open. My philosophy is always like the audience doesn't care who did what. They just want to see a good movie. You know, I don't really like a good idea is a good idea. So a couple of the suggestions were fine. I incorporated them or I thought they were okay. But then I looked at other a lot of a lot of them were like I had written like, please sit down. And the new one was like, please have a seat. You know, and it was like, I'm laughing at these things, like, what? Did they ever say why they changed it like that? Well, well, anyway, so then I called up the uh, producer and I said, look, I'm really kind of confused because like 90 to 95% of these rewrites are just like nitpicks. You know, it's just like one person's speech pattern versus another person's speech pattern. You know, it would be like having a, a British guy double check, you know, a New Yorker's subtitles you know we speak slightly different you know so instead of me like hey you mu- hey you motherfuckers they might have hey whatever british guys say hey you bloody whatever you know what i mean something you y- you know what i mean like yeah. and it's now it's not it's not a different translation it's a, it's it's not a correcting a translation it's making it a, a different translation you know in a different style and so i i called up the producer and she was like, oh, really? Okay, well, let me talk to Nishimura. Then Nishimura called me. And Nishimura said, he said, fuck the other guy. It's your subtitles. Do what you want. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, so then I, I sent in subtitles. And then I never heard back from them. You know, and like six months go by, I don't hear anything. And I'm like, you know, I'm sending in the bill. You know, for this, because I've been waiting too long. So then I just, uh, I said, screw it. I added an extra thousand dollars to my bill. <laughs> and, and I call it the annoyance fee. And they freaking paid it. So I don't, I didn't give a crap, you know. And, they, I, and I never heard back. And actually in that whole film, they premiered it in Los Angeles. And even Nishimura wasn't aware of the screening. You know, it's like, you know, and like I said, Murakami's not really a director. He doesn't know the kind of protocol rules. You know, sure, I don't want to say he's wrong, because a lot of the rules in Japan are really, like, anal retentive stuff that I don't agree with. But, however, he is working with these these people, you know, and he has to kind of, you don't just do the premiere screening without letting the upper staff who worked on the film, you know, keep them in the dark on it. So, uh I never saw the finished film until it played. I went to Roppongi Hills because I wanted to see it. And so and, uh, and when I do films through like Nishimura and Iguchi, I I ha- I have it arranged with them that I I get my actual credit in the film. You know, so it becomes a part of the the film. You know, usually when you know when you see subtitled movies, the very last credit will pop up on the screen like subtitles by so and so. And that'll only appear on a subtitled version. So I like to have my my name when I can embedded in the actual film itself, because this way it's like it can never be removed. So anyway, so I go to Roppongi Hills to see it, and it's like it's like English translations by, and the guy who double checked my subtitles got his name above my name. You know, and I looked at it and I just laughed and I was like, his mother must be very proud. And I got an extra thousand bucks for that. I don't care. You know, my, I've seen my name connected to movies enough that I just don't really care anymore. I, I care more about getting paid. But I mean, to me, that was, you know, that was the kind of way not to handle, you know, a double checking. And I do do things they call native checks in Japan, where someone is usually like a Japanese person, because the we foreigners are more expensive than, say, native Japanese. So they sometimes, when the company has no money, they will get a Japanese person who is, you know, good at English to translate it. But of course, you're going to have – it's never perfect that way. So then they do native checks where we get paid a lot less, but we just – Double check that, you know, the grammar is correct and, you know, the the word usage is right. And um, even in that situation, I try to be sensitive to, you know, the original Japanese, you know. And and this is what when I do classes, I notice like when Japanese are involved in like Japanese doesn't have the word it in it you know like uh, the japanese doesn't have as many pronouns as we have so japanese a lot of times you 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 can usually tell if it's a japanese person has done the subtitles if you see things like that's i'm trying to think of an example like you know oh that's really nice we might say it's really nice you know it's good japanese will say that's good this is good we see this and that a lot when we would nor- we would be saying it more often. So that's usually like when I when I teach subtitling I, I try to get my students to use more it's than that's. Because that's like Japanese is like Kore, you know, Kore Sore Are, Kono, Sono, Ano. You those are like they're so they're always saying like, you know, that apple over there or or this apple. Even though you might say you could argue the point, but they are saying this and that in Japanese. You know, but it's really not, it's not the way we speak. And then going back, that's what, yeah, so like a good subtitle is a, is a subtitle that, that reads and feels natural. So how does
0: someone, if someone, if, for example, if someone was listening to this and said, I want to start subtitling, how, how would someone even get into this whole business?
2: You know, I have no clue. Because you kind of stumbled into, into it. Yeah, I, I pretty much stumbled into it. I mean I guess and I do, it's it's kind of interesting. In my school I do get I mean when I say school is it's a a place over in Kanda, which I'm sure you don't know what that means. It's a place over in Kanda on the other side of Tokyo, and they are a subtitled company. And they uh, have courses in translation and and I go in like eight times a year, I guess. So it's not really like it's not like my class. I, I'm like a, a a guest teacher. Every now and then I get foreign students that are here and they want to get into subtitling. And you know, especially in the movie world because everyone's freelance, it's all about contacts. It's all about people that you know. You're serious about subtitling and you want to get into it, you're going to have to start at the bottom, which means you're going to have to start subtitling um, you know, amateur movies. You know, and there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of amateur movies being made in Japan.
1: I meant to ask you earlier. Um, how long does the process take from the time that you receive, you know, the either the script or you know you you mentioned the um the time stamping or whatever you call it, the spotting. I guess how long does it actually take you to do the work? And you mentioned deadlines, so I guess now would be a good time to make, to talk about how long your deadlines are. Are, are they? You know, four weeks, six weeks, two weeks, like how long they typically give you for a project?
2: Well, you know, yeah, it, it really depends. I mean, it used to, it seems to me like 10 years ago that I had more time. Now everyone's like, oh, we hear, oh, sorry, it's like really quick, but they want it next week. You know, I, I get that more and more. I actually just subtitled the movie in a single day which is a new record for me, but that was because it's a good director and there's not a lot of this, like, like Japanese films tend to have too much dialogue. And especially, like, you have this, Japan is one of these places which still goes by the auteur system. So, like, all these directors think that they have something important to tell us about, you know, society. So you get these, like, very annoying, um, how can I say, like insightful philosophical statements. I mean, even, I mean, it really, you know, I cringe when I have to translate stuff like this. I mean, I generally agree to whatever deadline that they, gave, they give me, and I just, you know, double down on the work. But in certain cases, I mean, you just have to speed through these things and kind of just hope. That, you know, the company is going to be okay with your translation. It's not a matter of doing like a bad job, but it's it's a matter of trying to make sense of something that's really not very well written in the first place.
0: So, how do you feel about? Um, we mentioned the the Blu Ray for Godzilla eighty five earlier, and that's one where like they subtitle everything. So there's dialogue, and then like they'll subtitle like the, uh, the exit sign on a door and at some it, there's like just subtitles flo- floating everywhere or um or even like Shin Godzilla where like there's this fast-paced dialogue and then on the top of the screen there's a separate set of subtitles like how how do you, how, is that, how do you view those kinds of things
2: oh well you know if it if it's connected to the story then it's important you know um, i Yeah, I just did a film, and some sign lines lights up that says, like, Operation yeah, uh, in Progress. And they were like, I didn't think anything to translate it. And they sent it back, oh, we want something here. Okay. Like I said, like with fan subs, you know, a lot of times I think fan subs are like someone trying to show off. And, I mean, I don't watch a lot of fan subs. I have no time to really deal with that that type of thing. And mostly that's the um, the animation world, I guess, where you have to deal with fan subs. I, I don't really know, but, you know, yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, it's going to be your, your bootleg
1: market and your... It, that's that's like your uh, prior to the internet becoming huge and a lot of your, your stuff being available in the U.S., that's where all your fan subs come from. I, would, I mean, that's... Uh, especially for, like, I mean, I, I used to watch some some fan subs, especially for some of the anime back in like the early two thousands that wasn't readily available, and then all of a sudden, you know, Funimation picked up a lot of it. But they they weren't quality. I will tell you that much.
2: <laughs> so, what do you wh- what makes them not quality to you?
1: Um, I mean, you could tell the the punctuation was was god awful. A ton of misspellings. Um, you mentioned. Bad writing, um, so they would have the same word multiple times in the sentence. We kind of talked about the that 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 thing.
2: Those would oh, right, 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 happen
1: right. very often. Um, a lot of times, you could not read the sentence. It was either on there for for too long, like they would have an entire paragraph that was too long to read, but it would be off the screen too quickly, or the, they would have something on there for for too long. the The conversation would happen, and you could tell that the uh, whatever was on the screen was on there for too long because the next line was on there for a short amount of time and you couldn't read it because they moved on too quickly it was stuff like that i Um, see that
0: in like official releases still too where like there'll be like a two or three line subtitle and then the next one is like a split second of like one sentence and you have to like go back and like try to pause it and be like what this guy just say
1: Another thing that is common, and I don't know why this is, but there's sometimes entire letters that will just be missing. So instead of the, like, we'll say the letter C. Every time the letter C would would be there, there'll be, like, an underscore or, like...
2: Okay, yeah, that's... I've seen that on fan subs before. And I don't know what
1: what that is, (laughs)
2: but it happens often. You know, they're using the kind of wrong um, uh, internal conversion. You know, you get that when you... Uh, I forgot what the word is like when you bring over Chinese or you bring over Japanese and, and it'll come up as garbage text you know and they're not using the proper conversion thing so yeah I, I, I had trouble sometimes I have trouble with like when I did the Yakuza Apocalypse and they I know they did it for a screening it was, I had things like sake I had put the E with a little diphthong on the top and the company here didn't do it correctly, so it, we did a double check of it after the the Cannes Film Festival, and it was like all of that was some weird character. Was it? It was only like maybe twice in the whole film, so it wasn't any big deal. But that pissed me off. Yeah, that's that's kind of a technical error. No, but I, I'm saying you know the like, and I see. You know, there's like a lot of, because of Netflix now, this is a little different story, but because of Netflix now and Hulu and and Amazon Prime, these are all in Japan now. There's a lot of, there's a big need for subtitling from English to Japanese.
0: Well, I was just going to ask, do you ever subtitle from English to Japanese? And is that something that you would like to, you know, maybe start doing?
2: Well, actually, I have a job next year. It would be my first English to Japanese but I generally don't feel that's. Um, I don't feel qualified to do that. You know, like I, I, I. mean, I speak okay Japanese. I don't think I'm native level. I don't think that's possible. Um. You know, I write for a Gehiho magazine. I write in English and it's translated. But uh, no, I, I took a job for next year, which is uh, in production film. Yeah, that'll be my first foray into that. And uh, no, I, and I'm excited to give it a shot you know i'm going to work with of course a japanese partner on that so we do it you know the uh, it'll be yeah i mean I, I just like doing new things too but I, I you know i'd like to add other things that i do you know that i had become a part of the process i don't know if it's the process for everybody but i do also do a lot of pr writing um i like doing catch catchphrases for movie posters wait so you're talking I get, about
1: this now so i'm, I'm just gonna ask it what what else can you do besides subtitling? So what can you you're talking about PR writing, but like title creation, PR, what other thing, things can you do in this field?
2: Okay, well yeah, like uh, title creation, PR and catchphrase. I mean that's about it. You know, and the PR I mean the PR would be it used to be like this, like especially with Nikatsu, they send me The Japanese PR, and then I would translate it pretty much as is. I've always hated Mm -hmm. Japanese PR, um, the way their their approach. You know, it's it's a cultural thing. Um, Japanese are basically, and I and I maybe I shouldn't say this, they're kind of lazy about stuff in the movie world because it's not such a big industry, and it's because they found a way that works. You know, they don't want to take a risk, like you know, breaking. The formula, so to speak, so the, a lot of the PR follows the same kind of style format, and I don't want to say it's wrong or anything, but I don't really necessarily always agree agree with it. So um, I usually use that as a guide. If you understand, what are the points that they want to bring out, and then I rewrite it in a way that I think looks more natural to us. Like I actually I have a deadline tomorrow where i have to come up with a catchphrase for a uh, film that's coming out next year and i'm like you know you want to get the audience excited to see a film you know and you think about like great i love catchphrase i love great catchphrases like you know alien the catchphrase for alien is great or the
0: coast you know, is toast huh <laughs> i said the coast is toast that was from uh, volcano <laughs> that crappy
2: movie from the 90s oh yeah right size oh, what did I does just put matter up on yeah, right. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, one of my best catchphrases was for um, "zombie ass," if you know the film. It's yeah. an Iguchi movie. You know, I don't know if I would recommend watching it. Yeah,
0: I, I watched it. Uh, I think when it came to Netflix because I, I like a lot of those, uh, you know, Iguchi's movies and the Sushi Typhoon and the the kind of offshoots right. of that. And it was, yeah, I wasn't a wasn't a big fan of that one.
2: Right, I don't think anybody was I mean yeah it was a good job for me the poster is this girl holding a gun over like a little um hole in the ground which is like the traditional like the outhouse in Japan you know and so i looked at it, i was like oh shit i got it and i i i called up yoshiki and i said there can only be one and it's we are going to flush you Okay, it's a takeoff on the Lucio Fulci film, um, Zombie Eaters? Uh, zomb- or
0: Zombie. Yeah, it, yeah. It,
2: yeah. We are, it, and that one was "We are going to eat you." So this one is about you know Toilet of the Dead as "We are going to flush you." So I was very proud of that one, and Yoshi was like, you know, everybody loved it. I did a movie called uh, "What the hell?" Was, oh. Uh, Z-Island, Z Zedo island and what do they call it, Dead Man. I forgot the English title, because they kept on, they didn't want, the, the client didn't want the word zombie in the title. So I said, well, it's called Z-Island in Japanese, why don't you just call it the same thing in English, because it was like Zedo island and a lot of times Japanese will pronounce Z as Z. So they in Japanese it's Zendo It's like what do they call it? Dead. They, so instead, so right away I suggested some title, and it went on and on. Oh, we don't like these. I gave them five more. Oh, we don't like these. I gave them five more. And when I do five titles, I have to do a lot of research. I have to, I have to check whether the title's been used before. But um. They kept on rejecting it. And then finally in the ending, they're like, we're going to come up with their own title. And their own, their own title they came up with was from my first set of titles that I sent to them. It really pissed me off because it, <laughs> it, it takes me hours and hours to come up with titles.
1: <laughs> and they stole yours. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. No, and I, that was like actually not a good experience subtitling that movie. That movie was stupid. It had the most boring Japanese dialogue. I had to actually improve the dialogue. It might even be on Netflix in the US, but yeah, I'm naming names again. But there was a scene in the film. It's like these two high school girls are walking down the street on this island, and it's a fishing village. And they walk by all these guys who, these fishermen, guys in their 20s, and they've done like some kind of drug they just bought drugs and they're doing drugs and that's part of the story like there's some sickness combined with the drugs and people become zombies and um the high school girls walk by and the guys are like ah oh, high school girls let's do it and the girls are like no way you know and i was like and I'm, so i looked at this i was like oh my god this is so boring so i i think i i mean this is a couple of years ago but i wrote things like and, and here's a good here, here here's me just having fun because i'm trying to make the film more enjoyable you know i think for japanese that kind of dialogue that kind of like banter is fine but i don't think it's good enough for say a foreign audience an american audience i thought okay these guys are fishermen okay so i, I had one of the guys who was saying like hey how about pulling on my rod (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then i had the girl where she just goes yada i had her say something like um like is that the size of your bait or something like your 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 bait so small or something like you know what i I mean like and there's a case sure i guess a purist can like hang me from the rafters you know and whip me but and I thought it was much more enjoyable than the original Japanese dialogue. I mean, I couldn't believe, even, even for Japanese, I thought that that was, you know, subpar. You know, and the company was fine with it. They're like, okay, this is better. Let's go with this. And I have that happen sometimes. The company will say, the Japanese, is too ambiguous. The story is not sharp enough. Can you sharpen it in the subtitles? So I've, I've had cases where they, they're hoping that at least for the it, – it can get a better reputation abroad through um, better writing on the subtitles. That happens occasionally. Not, not often, but it happens sometimes. So, and, and going back to – I just want to say one, one last thing yeah, on yeah. the subject is Iguchi, Iguchi lets me rewrite all his jokes because he doesn't care. Um, he, doesn't, he always says to me, I just want them to laugh. Um, for example, in Dead Sushi, have you seen Dead Sushi? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you remember the girl in the shower, and or she she's in the, the like the the she's going, she's about to wash her hair, and the the one of the guy the guy from Gamera Three has been chased into the uh, the onsen, chased into the the bath water, and he's being chased by uh, Maguroman, the guy with the tuna head. Mm-hmm. And the girl's sitting there and she's going, oh, I love this onsen. It's so safe, you know, and there's no perverts here at all. Because if there was a pervert, you know, I would destroy him. I would crush his life. I would, you know, tell his wife. I would get him fired from his job. And the guy's like hiding in the, that's the joke. The guy's hiding, you know, in there. And this woman is talking about how she'll destroy any pervert man she finds like spying on the the girl's shower room type of thing and then the then when she has the soap in her eyes the maguruman comes rushing in and he cuts the guy's head off and blood shoots up and pours all over her and in in japanese she goes atatakai which means it's so warm so i didn't really think that that worked in english so the way i looked at her the way she was rubbing her body Like, she looked like she was feeling really good, and she's kind of rubbing around her chest and her belly. So I wrote, I feel yummy all over, which I thought worked better than doing, say, a direct translation. Neither of you guys are laughing, but everybody laughed at that (laughs) one. I
0: have a question about dialogue that I just thought of when we were talking about... um english into japanese uh at least um have you ever watched a movie with japanese subtitles or because i was thinking how would someone subtitle a movie like say a tarantino film where it's this this kind of uh stylized dialogue that's very unique to him and it's very dialogue heavy how how would something like that be translated into japanese or if there's like a japanese equivalent how would it be translated into english and would you be able to keep that, like, you know, you hear Tarantino dialogue, and it's, okay, it's Tarantino dialogue. Like, would you be able to keep that in the translation process?
2: You know, I, I would say generally no. You know, in, but that's kind of a very specific, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen, like, Pulp Fiction with Japanese subs. I mean, I watch movies with my girlfriend, and we always watch them with subs. You know, a lot of times I'm like appalled at how how lame the translations are. Like, what did I do? I watched Goonies with her. And right.
0: Yeah I that that has stylized dialogue, kind yeah, of too. Yeah, I
2: couldn't believe how like just basic the translations are. Something like that, I would recommend watching the um, the dubbed version if you wanted to get closer to the say the the nuance. Because in those cases, then, the dubs can be a lot... They can get more information. They can get more stylized. Well, let's say this. We are watching... um, I recently got my girlfriend into Monty Python. And so we've been picking up DVDs of that and watching them. And the Japanese subtitles are fantastic on that. I mean, whoever wrote those... And actually, she knows... The guy who did the subtitles on that—they are really accurate, you know—and you could tell that the person knew that they were doing something, you know, important. You know that it couldn't just be like—I mean, it was very, you know—I mean, Python. You know, um, it wasn't just done in a half-assed manner, which I see on a lot of Japanese subs where it's just lazy. Um,
1: I know that you have a story about the Mothra song subtitles. Um, I want you to share that story, (laughs) because I know it's a good one.
0: It's funny you bring this up, because I was at my mom's uh, a few months ago, and I was looking through the old, old episodes of G-Fan, and they used to do these little sections where someone would translate some of the Japanese songs or whatever, and sure enough, it was the Mothra song, and said, subtitled by Norman England, or not subtitled, but translated, so... Um, so, yeah, Norman, go ahead and share uh, what you have to say about the Mothra song uh, translation.
2: Well, you know, when I used to write for that magazine <clears throat> back in the 90s and I didn't know anything about writing or even translating, I've always been the guy. I don't like reading instruction manuals. I just so, kind of plow into it like a pro, like Photoshop or something like that. And, and then I poker around Then I start thinking, what do I want? you know, and then I learned by trial and error and stuff, so, you know, one of the things that I used to do for the magazine was do this thing called Kaiju Go, and I would try to explain Japanese through something, and I did a couple of the translations for, my own translations for for the Mothra songs, you know, like the Pear Bambi ones, and the um, the Peanuts ones and stuff, and so what was it? Oh yeah, I was watching Godzilla versus Mothra the 92 one? Is that 92? 93. Yeah, 92. 92, right? 92. Yeah, so I I got the Blu-ray of that recently and I'm watching the horrible subtitles on this this film and when that comes up I'm looking when you know the when the, the girl starts seeing the Mothra song and I'm going man, this translation looks really familiar to me so I've got in some box somewhere like all these deteriorating um, G fans so I went through them until I found that and like sure enough that's my freaking translation on the film you know and I have to say it it pissed me off for two reasons one i don't think it's a really good translation you know when i look at it right now and two i i mean the audacity of the translator just to like go <laughs> online and just like like oh okay here it is you know like this is what i mean i mean do your own translation it's not like you know rocket science anyway that annoyed me that annoyed me not so much, sure, I could say, oh, you know, I'm really, oh, wow, that's so cool, that's my translation on that. But I felt, one, it was lazy, and I felt it was, like, not in accordance with Toho's own, you know, draconian rules about you can't use our stuff unless you pay us a whole lot of money, you know? So it's like, again, it's like with Toho, it's like, you can't use our stuff, but we can use your stuff.
1: Yeah, Toho's weird about that. They, they never let anybody use anything, and then, then they obviously take <laughs> take something that somebody else did and we're totally fine doing it
0: was there anything that um like a word or a phrase or something that you used in your translation that immediately like clued you in oh they must be using mine
2: i think it was i, I think i had like oh I, I had some kind of like crappy writing on on it i mean it was just, it's embarrassing even today i would translate it completely different and i and I and the the other thing it was like, and I looked at it and I say it was punctuated exactly the same, it was copy pasted put in i well i actually I can't say that i I would never do it. I mean, there might be official translations for things, okay, like a film I did recently um dealt with historical aspects of Japan, and they were going over like old text and stuff, and I had to. I double-checked to see if there were official translations for these things. So, sure, sometimes... But it isn't like my translation in G-Fan magazine is in no way an official translation. Well,
0: right, right.
2: It's like translating Shakespeare or something like that. I mean, uh, there's going to be... It's been translated you know, into an accepted version, and if it's going to be something like to be or not to be, I want to use... You know, I don't want to like do a new interpretation of to be or not to be, and the Japanese won't recognize it. Yeah, anyway, the Mothra thing that was that was kind of I could say it's annoying, but it's kind of what I've come to expect from uh, Toho. Well, speaking of Toho, um,
0: we've we've mentioned them a few times, uh, Toho translations, and for me, uh, and I think I, a, a lot of Godzilla fans really uh, are not fans of the Heisei, and I think especially probably the Millennium Godzilla movie translations, um, wh- they're not very good, um, and the one that I think drives me crazy is GMK, I don't know if <laughs> we we should get right into that right now, but... Like, we talked about fan subs. I still watch my fan sub of GMK over the Sony disc because they do so much to just botch the meaning and subtext of that movie that, you know, it's it's not what, you know, Kaneko had intended to do. Right. Like, yeah, that's,
2: that's actually a very weird situation because, like I said, there is an official translated version that was used at as far as i know only once at the tokyo international film festival in at the end of 2001 and i think the uh, fan subs come from that mhm
0: cuz like, the guy like, who, like yeah on the, the sony disc guy like who the
2: bootleg the guy who bootleg that film at that time was there that night okay
0: cuz yeah like in the, you have the part where the what is it the chinese guy is saying good luck and in the subtitle on, on the disc, he's saying, you're all going to die tonight. That's, <laughs> did, did they not understand the point of that scene and how it
2: relates to the message well, of the movie? obviously, obviously they didn't. <laughs>
1: no, I think the worst one is when uh, they're shooting the missile at Godzilla and it hits, mistakenly hits King Ghidorah, and they celebrate the fact that it hits King Ghidorah. And, and the guys, uh, in the, when it hits King Ghidorah, the... The the guys obviously reacting like, "Oh crap!" You know, we made a mistake, and they're celebrating it in the subtitles. It's it's. There's also
0: there's also speaking of like discrepancies between subtitles. Like on the DVD version, there's a part where I think the admiral says "damn," but then on the Blu-ray, he's the subtitle says "fuck."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would never if, if I. Got the job of subtitling Godzilla, I'd never curse because it's not <laughs> like, it's that's not, not the a I,
1: audience, yeah. That's
2: not the I don't think it's appropriate, you know. I'm not a prude by any means, but no, I don't think so. Know.
0: So, what is the deal with these, um, these translations? Uh, I mean, not just GMK, but I know a lot of them are like weird, like Tokyo SOS instead of just saying you even when you hear it in the dialogue, the subtitle says Mecha G. Like, what are they doing? Why are they like this?
2: You know, I, I, you know, and this is the thing is like, I, yeah, because I, I'd recently like Ed Godzicheski had brought me a bunch of these like cheapo, you know, two films in one package Blu-rays from the U.S. And I was really like, you know, appalled at the, the just the poor quality of all the subtitles. I was like, you know, hello, hire me. But if they offered me the subtitle job, I'd be so, you know, more than happy to do it. Well hopefully they're listening. Well, (laughs) I doubt it. Um, (laughs) The only yeah, I, I you know, it's funny, it's like I really wanted the subtitle job for Shin Godzilla. I mean, I've really never done a Toho film. You know, I don't really know personally anyone who does Toho films. And and some of my other friends were always like, Who does those films and stuff? But um I really wanted the Shin Godzilla job until I saw the movie. I that's a
0: lot
1: he, of subtitling
2: yeah i was like no thank god i didn't <laughs> get this job
1: oh my lord that would have been a month two month four, 12 month project i mean
2: yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> no th- this script for that thing is like a phone book too
1: yeah uh,
0: matt um i mean i i think i'm pretty good on my end matt is there anything else you wanted to yeah, uh we, we covered everything
1: actually uh, yeah we, I, we
0: I covered quite a bit of
2: ground things? Did I get these answers out in a kind of understandable way? You did. You I don't did. listen to
1: your uh, your own answers. I think you told us last time, right? Like you don't go back and listen to your. your
2: you I hate. Well, do you mean like podcasts? Yeah, like you said, you don't. listen. I'm, I hate the sound of my voice. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, it's like I don't want to listen to my myself like talk. You know, it's <laughs> like well, you know, you know. So I, uh, yeah. So I, I don't really. Yeah, listen. No, to. the same
1: way. I don't, I don't like listening to uh, to myself either. I think I sound weird.
0: I don't so. think anyone does.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. No, Matt, you actually you have an awesome talking voice. So, thank you. I'm oh, sorry, 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 Bird. Uh, sorry, Bird. I, I think Matt's voice is better than yours. He, sorry,
0: it probably is. It's okay.
2: But people so recognize got...
1: Bird at at, at G Fest. Like people came up to Bird and actually recognized him just by hearing him speak.
0: That was oh weird. really. It means That's someone's cool.
1: listening, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, no, you know, like I, like I said, I listen to the podcasts when I like climb into bed, or I wake up in the middle of the night, and you know, to put me to sleep. I, I was listening to there are like more of these kaiju ones creeping up, and I was listening to one. I mean, I mean, you guys think your pronunciation of Japanese is bad? I mean, this was like the, GMK was directed by Shus gay Karinko, like,
1: like (laughs) what? Norman, thank you for coming on, we appreciate you sharing your insight on subtitles, and uh, dropping knowledge bombs, man. Yeah, I I hope
0: people realize how, you know, it's hard work, and it's a crucial part of, you know, us watching these foreign films, is subtitling. And of course, it's always a a pleasure to, to chat with you, and catch up, and and all that. So thank you.
2: No, thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, we should, if we ever, if you guys ever come up with another subject that you think I could, uh, could go off on, I mean, you know, please call. I like socializing.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we will.
2: Okay. Well, anyway, thank you very much for having me and, uh, look forward to not listening to it. Cause I hate the sound of my voice, but <laughs> I hope other people do listen to it. And I hope that what I said, makes people realize that subtitling is kind of a specific writing unto itself. It's its it's its own
0: specific art.
2: Yeah, it's a a real process. And, you know, I don't think I'd mentioned before, but usually, I mean, all subtitles have a team behind them, you know, and big movies might have up to eight people working on a single set of subtitles. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, back and forth thing going on but it's very enjoyable work and i'm really am grateful that i was able to discover this work and uh, um it's not the best paying job in the world but it's not the worst paying job in the world so anyway thank you very much for having me
0: yeah thank you